Okay, Best French Babes, today we are so excited. We have Ian and Caitlin from Social Construct Media and Design here. They are a super awesome power couple. They take over all of our web stuff and make us look incredible. And we are just super excited because we're going to dive into all things Facebook and Google ads with them. Let's do this. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast, where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. Okay, welcome to the show, Ian and Caitlin. We are so excited to have you here and to dive into all things Google and Facebook ads and all that jazz that so many of us have no like no idea what that is. So, yay. <laughs> Thank you for having Share us. Share your wisdom with us. Of course. So tell us about yourselves. Um, so my name is Caitlin. And I'm Ian. And we are the owners and co-founders of Social Construct Media and Design. We're a full-service digital and content marketing agency. Yeah, we work primarily out of the Minneapolis area and uh, tend to partner with local lifestyle brands. So let's dive into a little bit of how we know you, like the work we're doing together and that sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. So I was originally introduced to you guys from Sarah on our team. Mm-hmm. Um, hashtag open house queen. The open house queen. <laughs> um, she saw, I don't I think she was just like, I, I think she was sleuthing on other really awesome agents websites and found your information. And she's like, Hey, we need a new website. Let's check these people out. And I'm like, let's. And then we all jumped on like a, I don't know, Google call or Zoom call or something. And yeah. voila, here yeah. we are. And the rest is like, history. Has it been over a year now? Um, we're, we must no, be getting pretty we're, close. We're edging on a year. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. getting close. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I like know. what a sign of the times that like we literally met over a zoom call it feels good to be able to be like in the same room as the two of you today doesn't it feel so yeah. good to like have human connection again huge absolute game changer yeah, for sure okay so let's just dive right into the difference between facebook and google ads and what exactly they are because we're all being told we need them yet yep. like what are they most of us don't know what they are. <laughs> we see them. <laughs> we know we're being marketed, but what are they? Yeah, no. So um, Google and Facebook ads are going to be those platforms' primary means of giving you access to their their audiences. You know, uh, the way we like to say it is that those ads give you access to people outside of your immediate sphere of influence, which is interesting on social media and a little bit trickier with Google. But very specifically, the the goal of these ads is to to expose your brand and and any number of conversion actions, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think sometimes yeah. it'll depend on the goal that the business is really trying to achieve. So that's something that's going to play a big role in deciding what platform you're going to end up using. I think a lot of our conversations usually are dedicated to Facebook and Google, but we also like to talk about, you know, that there are so many other, you know, avenues that you can take, whether 
that's like an influencer either you're sure. on like youtube or other platforms that are like com- yeah. really content heavy and that's kind of yeah, the common theme is that each of these platforms will offer you access to their audiences you know via this paid model mm-hmm. um one of the most common pieces to you know to pay attention to is that content development process and how those things shake out and you know work together at the end of the day though um i think we typically recommend i mean I don't want to say like you don't want to make any blanket statements, but we do. We feel that Google and Facebook ads offer really a unique opportunity to fill the top of your funnel, your sales funnel. I mean, well, so like how you probably answered this a little bit, but like on a deeper level, like how do these ads impact a business? Sure. Yeah. So it, it, they impact a business in any number of ways. I think the probably the largest common theme would be the retargeting data that comes along with running these ads. Um, that data has far reaching implications across, you know, many different, um, you know, aspects of any given business. But, uh, it, it really depends on what kind of goal is being driven. You know, each business has their own unique way of doing things and their unique customer path. And it, it really serves as a tool to augment, you know, different stages and, and advanced clients or customers or potential customers through that sales funnel. Okay. So in addition to, you know, we talk a lot about branding and marketing on this podcast, but in addition to like a personal brand or your business or like your consistent social media posting, mm-hmm. like how important is it actually to run ads like Google, Facebook, or like the ones you're mentioning? Absolutely. I think that it's really important to you know, put that focus toward creating that really strong brand to begin with. I think that's like a perfect place to put that energy. Um, Running ads is kind of like your next step in the game, right? So as soon as you have that whole foundation laid and you have a really strong idea of what your business is, what it represents and what it strives to achieve. And as soon as you're not necessarily seeing, I think that same like rate of growth that you may like have been seeing when you get really consistent in putting like content out, um, that's a really great time and really great opportunity to recognize that, okay, we can start expanding this audience. And those platforms kind of offer you that opportunity to take advantage of an audience that they've already created that's so far beyond you know, what you have and that like that it's that initial, you're almost like paying for collaboration at that point that you have access to that additional audience. So really is going to help you grow. Yeah. I think you said it really well and and it's important to know. Yes. It's a, it's a scaling feature. One of the core, you know, values of anything digital marketing related is the ability to cut costs that typically would have otherwise been associated with that. And if you can't scale that into your business, um, the first place you should probably look is for, Mm-hmm. these ad campaigns. Yep. And I think in the, you know, modern age that we're all operating in now, I think that digital advertisements feel like a really natural progression for anybody who already has, you know, recognized the value that exists in having a really strong digital presence. So that scale feels very natural whereas, you know, you may not the immediate thought isn't to create a radio advertisement or to show up on television or to put a billboard up in your neighborhood. Like if we're already focused on social, like we may as well keep our focus there and keep driving that traffic. Yeah. Cause a lot of the same efforts that you do make to keep your social media posting consistent, you know, are all some, you know, some of the same things that you would do to keep your ad campaigns running smoothly. Yeah. Well, so you'd so. recommend Facebook ads versus a bus bench. 
right? <laughs> <laughs> is that your professional oh, recommendation? Oh, no, not the bus sponge. <laughs> 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 only kidding, only No, kidding. actually, I think it's really funny that you say that... Uh, these ad campaigns typically have some of the highest rates of return. I don't know that. I mean, you'd be really hard pressed, like, like viewer for viewer to get a, a better rate. Um, I mean, even for a bench, bus bench, you know, imagine. Like, that's, that's actually really good information. Cause in real estate, I think a lot of realtors are really struggling. Like, where do you put your dollars? When do you know it's time to mm-hmm. grow? Like, is it time to expand? Like, I'm so overwhelmed. Where do I start? Mm-hmm. You start with the brand, you, yep. know, you start building your business. And then I love how you explain Caitlin, like, you'll essentially know when it's time to grow. You'll stop seeing that growth mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you know it's time to expand, Absolutely. right? And this is the place to do it. So I think that's really helpful. Well, yeah. And is there a specific formula to that? Like, you know, if you've been in business for a year, is there any set times or is it really more like, okay, what we've been doing has gotten us here and now we want to go to there. Now this is when ads would step in. Or is there a formula that you guys like to use when you're working with? I think there's two ways to you know to kind of answer that question. The the first way to to answer it would be that at the onset, you know, when you're building out your digital infrastructure, things like your website, you know, putting together your your brand and your your online presence, it's I think it's really important to ensure that the retargeting tools. You know, I should maybe back up. The key distinguishing factor for a lot of these digital ads is the ability to retarget. And this is something that you would not have the capability to do with something like television spots or radio ads or billboard ads. Um, the the end result being that the data coming in gives you the opportunity to refine those campaigns as time goes on, improving their efficacy, you know, cycle after cycle. The second part of that comes from when it's time to be able to actually, you know, drive consistent traffic through that sales funnel. Once that sales funnel is properly defined and put together is it probably the the moment, whether that comes for you at three months or six months is, you know, unique to each business. But yeah, it's more of a more of a like a complete sales funnel milestone. Okay, that makes sense. So I have a question here and this is like mm-hmm. i think like so many things are changing right like we've, we're kind of coming out we're out of the thick of covid mm-hmm. like so much is changing with that social media is changing everyone's like video 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 youtube's really huge mm-hmm. so how do you see these ads changing in 2022 like what do you see that's going to be different about our way of doing this or what they're going to look like so coming up on 2022 i think some of these big changes that we'll see are more to do with how the advertisers interact with you know your personal data from the overarching philosophy that kind of governs all of these interactions or at least the one that we adhere to is one of a content marketing strategy and that content and the quality of that content has always kind of reigned supreme in terms of what drives the greatest um, return on any marketing efforts right Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that customers and not necessarily even customers, but the general like online public, if you will, I think the standard has totally changed too. I think that people aren't, they're not, um, what's the word? Like they're not tolerating like low quality content. Like and nobody wants to be overtly advertised right now either. And that's why, you know, we're all looking to streaming services. We're all entertaining ourselves. People want to be entertained, right? Yes. I want to be entertained. I do not want to be sold. No one, no one wants to feel that way. And so I think especially too, when you see something that, you know, maybe really isn't like fitting even like the aesthetic standard that, you know, 2020 and 2021 and 2022 is going to keep leading us towards that 
people aren't going to pay attention to it. You're going to be discounted almost immediately by not representing yourself in that high quality way. So I think that people's, you know, expectation of what an advertisement is, is only going to continue to increase. And to meet that expectation, I think might be, might feel like a challenge when it comes to actually creating that content. Yeah, yeah. that's that. so interesting. It is so interesting. And it totally makes sense oh. with how everything is going that we're doing on our, you know, on the social media front too. Yeah, it Absolutely. really makes a lot of sense. So what do you see as like biggest mistakes that businesses are making when they're running Facebook or Google ads? Mm-hmm. Hands down, first and foremost, is to not be using that retargeting data that we mentioned earlier. I mean, that it, that's the single greatest feature that will set any of these online or you know digital advertising campaigns uh, apart from a traditional marketing channel. Okay. I mean, what does that mean in layman's terms? <laughs> um, so it, I guess in layman's terms, it, like uh, the retargeting features are what are going to give you the ability to know that somebody in, who interacted with a certain type of content somewhere else on the web would be interested in your service or product. And okay. to not have that connection, you know, properly ironed out and not have the technical pieces in place to be able to facilitate that is a huge um, loss. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, to kind of reiterate what Caitlin said. The lack of focus on the content development process, um, oftentimes, I mean, you can you can dump money into an ad and if the content doesn't convert, so to say, you know, that that time and energy was maybe not as well spent as it otherwise could have been. Mm-hmm. So this would be like the the deep dive that we did with you and like really that that anal- the analytics that you collected when we originally kind of started working together for the ads, right? We mm-hmm. didn't run the ads right away. Mm-hmm. You there was a couple months, right, where you just yep. collected data to yep. make sure that we were targeting correctly. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So that would be that sort of that's a basically what you're mentioning here, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So like even if you're not going to run ads, you know, in the near future or even if you are everyone should probably get these tracking features installed onto their online properties. You and I talk about it pretty often just between ourselves, even that part of, you know, that whole digital advertising like process, it's really easy to miss that you're part of that budget that you're allocating to that because you are, you have to put a certain, you know, dollar value to each of these advertisements that it's easy to focus on, the exposure or like views right or all of those kind of like metrics and i think a big piece of what you're paying for there is like the insight and perspective into who is seeing your advertisement so it really is able to inform those changes that you make for future and that you're able to make those a lot more effective as you go so you can put those dollars even to use in ways that are working in the background and might not necessarily be, you know, front of mind even to yourself or your audience that you can still make sure like to take advantage of. That's really interesting too. It's stuff that I, my brain doesn't even go there. No, like my brain during, isn't wired that way. During our sit downs, <laughs> Ian sometimes and Kate, like, Caitlin, I'd be like, "Dumb it down, like, Ian." Wait, can you explain that one more time? No, just maybe one more time. <laughs> it's like we finally get there, kind of, right? And then I'm like, stuff. "Christy, you're taking notes on this, right?" Because this is still over my head. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we come as a pair. We have, we have science and creative happening. We yes, got a nice I little balance it. there. I love it so yeah. much. <laughs> What if somebody doesn't have a super huge budget to hire this out? Like, how would they get started? 
What would be your recommendation there? Well, so yeah, I guess there are a whole bunch of things that you could iron out well in advance of actually putting together the budget and running ads. And like Caitlin said, you know, ironing out that content development process and ensuring that your sales funnel is well documented. And really, I mean, like like you had said, having that deeper understanding of your, your customer base before you even begin running ads is probably one of the best ways to ensure that when you do start running those ads that they they go to work for you the way you want. Absolutely. I think even, you know, how we spoke about at the onset of our relationship that a big chunk of that was sort of that learning period. And so it is easy to feel like you're, you know, now you've hired someone that's a huge step. You've added, you know, a whole extra layer to your business that now you're paying toward and that you obviously want to see that return. I think those first few months of learning can be kind of painful for people. You know, it's like you feel like you're paying for something to happen, but you're not necessarily like it's not happening right in front of you. So to have that infrastructure already set and ready to go so that when somebody does come in and is ready to take that information to the next level, you're feeling like you're getting your you know, like money is worth out of that relationship rather than mm. almost like kind of backpedaling to start at a earlier, you know, square on the board. Right. Well, and a strong understanding of those driving metrics, you know, is honestly a huge defining feature between clients that immediately notice and can define the value that's added to their business, you know, and clients that need to see more tangible conversions, you know, driving more, you know, direct revenue Mm -hmm. before they feel that that investment has been returned on. I'm in the middle of the road on that sort of thing. Like I like to, I love the analytics that you guys are providing. And I also like to see a return. Oh, absolutely. Is that like a normal thing or do people lean one way or the other? Is it just kind of depend on the industry or how does that usually shake out for you and you guys or for your clients? Well, yeah. So industry by industry, there are definitely certain trends. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of it though does come down to, to how, well-equipped any given businesses though to derive that value i think you guys do a wonderful job in terms of uh even taking the data from ad campaigns and being able to say that you know certain people have responded to certain content topics and so that these content topics are valuable to explore in future podcasts i mean even something like that makes a huge difference over somebody who's not using data to drive those decisions Mm -hmm. absolutely but i think ultimately you know certain aspects of any part of our jobs are going to appeal to different personalities. So I think that part of it too, is that we have clients that are totally, like you said, like on either end of the spectrum and you can't, you can't really like fight that either because if you're really passionate about one side of it for me to keep kind of like pushing the other, regardless of if you're the really analytical person, you're not, and you're maybe not interested in more of like, what people tell us is like the aesthetic, like pretty fluffy things Mm -hmm. or on the opposite end that you're that very creative, artistic, you know, like type B personality. That's like, you show me a number and I'm like sweating. Like I have no interest in this. (laughs) The great, I think balance is definitely somebody who can like understand like the value of each and how they interplay together. But, um, you know, it's also important. It's like, you can't, like fight that for yourself either because it all needs to come off still as being authentic to yourself and your business and that's how you're going to positively you know show your brand so what would you tell a business owner who's like i just don't have the budget for this like what is your best advice for them Mm -hmm. 
I guess uh, the bottom line for all businesses is that cash flow is king. I don't know that I'd ever find myself in a position to be, you know, recommending that a client spends more than they're able to. Um, you know, keeping the lights on is always a huge priority. To someone who said that that they explicitly didn't have the budget to, you know, to do some of these things, I would I would probably suggest something similar, you know, to what you had said earlier, Caitlin, in terms of getting that, you know, that, that investment of time, you know, rather than that monetary investment, place somewhere that you can actually reap the benefits of and then put to use when the time does come. Because I, I mean, I don't want to speak for all businesses, but if you were a business that did not have the, you know, the, the budget allocation, you would probably, you know, hope to have a marketing budget allocation somewhere in the future yeah Yeah. at some point exactly and i think they're always like we can never disregard the power of you know the actually like organic traffic and exposure that you can gain for your business so if you're not quite ready to put extra dollars behind that exposure then focus that energy really strongly towards just creating really valuable content that or you know what's the word um compelling Sure. Compelling content that can support your brand that way. And then you're able to grow in a more like organic way. And, you know, you're never going to be in this position where, I mean, you'd hope not that you're not in a position of being like totally static and stagnant and nothing's happening. So you can work towards still having progression. And then when you're at the point where your business is performing to that level, then you can make that transition. One like you had said earlier, when you're ready to take it to the next level, you know, when you're ready to take your business, you've reached your capacity, so to say. Uh, I think, you know, that's always something that's important to prepare for. And there are a number of ways you can go about it. First and foremost, ensuring your online and digital infrastructure is in place and actually, you know, collects the appropriate information from your users, right? That that drives the the, the wheel, so to say, right? You know? To be able to get that that data that lets you further decide, like, what content are we going to invest in? How are we going to display this? How are we going to interact with these people? And continuing to invest in those sorts of processes and ensuring those are well ironed out, I think. Okay, so let's be honest. Most of us, yeah. like, this is, like, way beyond our uh, pay grade. Um, <laughs> this A lot of this is so analytical, and it's hard to wrap our brains around. What are three actionable items that a small business owner could start today to start bringing like this sort of success into their business. Absolutely. I think that first step um, is definitely just like making yourself more comfortable with the subject matter as like silly as that sounds. I think that we're all, we have a really great opportunity right now to like do a little bit of Mm self-education. And if there is something that can push your business, there should be, you know, there's a motivation to learn what we can do to, push ourselves forward, right? So having that, I think just initial understanding can be really valuable to people. And it doesn't need to be, you know, some crazy six month online course, like you can have a nice, like five minute little Google session to yourself and like, feel like you're in a much better position. Um, So I think that's a really just easy, accessible place to start. I think from there, um, like we've said, like start just collecting that data. And if I'm one of those people that if something's happening, like in the background, I still feel like, you know, we're achieving something like there's still 
um, you know, like progression happening, even if I'm not necessarily like in it on a day to day basis. So let it just work for you in the background, like start just collecting that information so that when it does eventually feel accessible and it's like a project that you're like ready and motivated to kind of dig your teeth into and actually like tackle, you'll have all of this information already ready to just inform your decisions. So you already have a nice little outline kind of waiting for you. If none of that is still remotely appealing to anyone, lean into just being creative and keeping that kind of social piece of it going. Um, I'd focus that energy towards creating just that valuable content that's exciting and shows your business and start fostering kind of like that community around Mm it. Um, I think a good, I think a good way to put it is that each piece of content should independently, you know, stand on its own merits. Mm-hmm. You know, it should be in and of itself entertaining. You know, for whatever reason, the viewer should be able to derive value of it or value from it, aside from the you know advertising value mm-hmm. it generates for your business. Exactly, and from there, in kind of the same way, as soon as you keep sharing um, content like that, you're going to continue getting feedback from your audience. You're going to know what they like and what they don't and what Mm -hmm. works and what doesn't. And from there, you'll be able to continue informing those strategies. So by the time it is time to put some like money behind it, you can feel confident in the moves that you're making. Absolutely. Those are three great steps to take. Super good. Super good. Love it so much. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was a lot of fun. And I do have to say, and I think Beth's going to agree, we're really glad that you do this for us because my brain's still a little bit like, yeah, this is way out of my box. We're happy to help. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks for having us, ladies. Thank you so much. Well, tell tell everyone where they can find you. They want to learn more about you or more about this sort of stuff. Absolutely. Well, as you've heard, our name goes on and on. So you can find us online at www.socialconstructmn.com. We're also present on social media platforms such as Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Do you want to take this one out? Yeah, I would love to. Uh, So I hope you guys learned something that maybe you didn't know about Facebook and Google ads. There's a lot to learn, and we are just giving you access to a couple of awesome professionals if you need to learn more. So please reach out to Ian and Caitlin. And once again, thank you for being here. And Ian, for putting yourself out of your comfort zone. We appreciate it so (laughs) much. But until next time, keep your face off a bus bench and keep being the badass boss babes that you are. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here.